As an industrial water treater, you have to do so much. You have to know about so many things. Chemistry, physics, environmental, electrical, and the list goes on. But did you ever think that list should include cyber protection? Who's got time for that? Well, hackers have plenty of time to find your vulnerabilities and hold your valuable information hostage. 43% of all cyber attacks happen to small businesses. Small businesses are not prepared to defend against cyber attacks. The cyber threat protection experts at Reinert Consulting Group have been helping water treatment companies with strategies to protect their valuable data. Here's the thing about Reinert Consulting Group. They understand what water treatment companies need to defend against these attacks. From training to software, Reiner Consulting Group is your one-stop shop for protecting your valuable data. After all, where would you be without your data? Go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash cyber to find out more. That's scalinguph2o.com forward slash cyber. Don't wait before it's too late. Welcome to Scaling Up, the podcast where we scale up on knowledge so we don't scale up our systems. Trace Blackmore here, and you know we are continuing last week's interview with Jeff Garrett. But before we do, as always, we always have a few announcements in the beginning. So many people went to scalinguph2o.com forward slash 6K and signed up for the global 6K for water. They did that and they shared that with people. And if that's not one of you, don't worry, there is still time to do that. You can go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash 6K and you can sign up for that race. There are lots of different ways that you can do this. You can do this with your company and create your own team. Or you are welcome. You are invited to join Team Scaling Up as we do this race together on May 20th this year. Folks, this is such a fun thing to do with your company, with your family, with your friends, with your neighbors, because it does exactly what we are asking everybody to do on World Water Day, which is bring everybody to the attention that there are over 2 billion people that do not have access to clean drinking water. And again, the reason it's a 6K is the average person that does not have clean drinking water, one of those 2 billion people, the average they have to walk is 6 kilometers to get that water. And when they go and grab it, it's probably not water that you would want to drink. So let's do something that would just totally change everything on this planet. And hopefully we can end the world water crisis. So thank you for being part of the Scaling Up Nation. Thank you for celebrating World Water Day. And thank you for signing up for the global 6K for water. Once again, that's scalinguph2o.com forward slash 6K. And also, today we are wrapping up the last day of the technical training seminars in San Diego, California. It's always fun to be here. It's always fun to hear all of the people 
that are listening to the Scaling Up H2O podcast, and I have met so many new people, have seen so many new friends that I've met from this podcast from previous years. Thank you so much for coming up to me. Thank you for letting me know that you enjoy this podcast. Thank you for letting me know some ideas. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. I can't tell you how much my staff appreciates that. It really does help our job become more fun. So if you're not here in San Diego today, that's okay. You can meet us in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, March 29th through April 1st. I'll, of course, be there with all of my fellow trainers, and I hope to see you there if you practice the same type of water treatment that I do. Nation, we've got so many things on our events calendar that if you want to know anything about what is going on this year in the water treatment community, we have a one-stop shop for you that is going straight to scalinguph2o.com, navigating over to our events section, and there for your viewing pleasure is everything that we know about in the water treatment community that is taking place this year. Now, maybe you know about something that we don't know about. Well, go ahead and send us a message in our show ideas page, and we will get that up there. Let's face it. It is hard being an industrial water treater, and it's really hard trying to figure out what you need to know about events coming up. So we're trying to take the legwork out of that so you can know exactly what's happening by going to one place, and that is ScalingUpH2O.com. Scaling Up Nation, as I mentioned, we are here in San Diego, California, wrapping up the last day of the technical training seminars. Of course, that's put on by the Association of Water Technologies, and we are always learning. We're learning so much this week. And just like with each and every week, our friend James McDonald helps us with that learning process. So here is a brand new installment of Periodic Water Table with James. Hello and welcome to the Periodic Water Table with James, where we think and learn about water chemistry drop by drop. Please use your week to search online, ask your colleagues, or even pick up a book to learn more about each week's periodic water table topic. If you do, at the end of the year, you'll be 52 water chemistry smarter. So let's raise the water table of knowledge together and get started. Today's topic is... Silicates. What are silicates? What are they used for? What metals do they protect? How quickly do silicates act to form their protective film? What is the most effective pH range for silicates? What is the typical dosage range for silicates? How do you test for them? Does microbiological activity have an impact upon silicates? What other chemistries are silicates often blended with to add additional protection? Remember, knowledge is power, and taking the time to learn more about water chemistry each week will help make you a force to be reckoned with. Be sure to post what you learn to social media and tag it with hashtag watertable23 and hashtag scalinguph2o. I look forward to learning more from you.
James, thank you for that. And Nation, if you have not kept up with Periodic Water Table with James, don't worry. You can go to our website, and we've got all of those listed on our show notes page so you can catch up. Of course, James does a great job of posting every Periodic Water Table with James on social media on hashtag scaling up H2O. So if you want a really easy way to find all those, you can go to hashtag scaling up H2O and you can see all of those items. And of course, you can see all the things that we are announcing on our social media. If you're not getting that in your feed, by all means, when you hashtag scaling up H2O, make sure you like it and that way it will get into your feed. All of that helps us inform you and make sure that we are making the Scaling Up H2O podcast the best podcast for you, the industrial water treater. Scaling Up Nation, we're going to continue with our interview from last week with Jeff Garrett. Here it is. Scaling Up Nation, we're back with our returning lab partner, Jeff Garrett. We are continuing our conversation from last week. If you haven't checked that out, go back and listen to that episode. Jeff, I want to ask you, because right now we are seeing something, at least in my generation, that I haven't seen before. So many water treatment companies are now passing the torch to the next generation. With that, you have experienced that. And there's a lot of people that are wanting to learn from that experience. So for all those people out there that are thinking, okay, I need to start talking to my father. I need to have this conversation, how we're going to transition. Or maybe I work for somebody and the transition plan is up in the air. And my potential solution is I can buy it from the owner. What do we need to know? And how do we start that conversation? We're fortunate that we've had a team of Garrett's that they're always here ready to take the next challenge. But that's not always going to be guaranteed. I feel like we've done a pretty good job of setting this up for the for our next generation. We've got a, a, a couple of Garrett's that are working with us and we're going to get a couple more. Plus, I, I think I've, I've talked to you, I've said this before, it doesn't have to be a Garrett running this company. Part of the thing with these companies, especially with a multi-generational company, is we've gotten to the point where we're pretty good size right now. But you know, I'm assuming if you're taking a like a first generation company to a multi-generational company, it's going to be somewhere in the teens, millions, 20, 10, 20 million. And there's different things that have to happen there. The main thing is to find the next leaders in the next generation, but don't be stuck on it. Don't be thinking you have to. You know, one way to start the conversation is to talk to the people that are in your company and get feedback from them as well. You'd be surprised how the people that work right next to you can give you this unbelievable amount of information about your own family, you know, and about the way that that things are. And listening to them is a big step in the right direction. Not everybody's going to be ready to take it over. 
usually these first generation companies are led by really dynamic people who have been successful in their careers, maybe with another water treatment company, maybe with a big water treatment company and decided to kind of go out on their own. And they've, and they've done a really good job of doing this. And, you know, it's like my son, you know, I know he's probably going to do this. I wonder if he thinks he has any other choice, you know, and I try to tell him, you don't have to do this. And this is not, you know, I mean, of course I would love for him to do it, but, and I, and I truly believe he will. Part of the job is to not be too forceful about it. Right. I mean, I don't know how your dad did it with you and, you know, but my dad, he, he just didn't talk about it. It was just like, just assume that Matt and I were going to come do this, you know? So, and we did, and we, we've loved it. I mean, we've been very fortunate. Finding the right leader and finding the right course is going to be the main thing. It's you've got to know where you want to go and what you want to do, what kind of a company you want to be. Taxation challenges are certainly a big part of it, especially when you have family members. And a lot of times with these multi-generational companies, you have multiple family members. It could be cousins or the family company could have had a couple of people in it and then they have their own families. And not everybody's thinking the same way. Some shareholders are working and some aren't. Maybe many aren't, you know. So those are all challenges. Some of them want to get out because they don't know anything about what the business is doing and they and they want to get out. So, you know, those are the kinds of things that we have to deal with more. And as you get bigger, every time you grow 10%, the value of their stocks grow 10%, you know. So it just makes it harder to buy people out when they're ready to buy out, you know. So, so far... We've been very lucky. We've got a family who works together and really does believe in this. My feeling on this is everything's different. And I think I've told you this before. I'm very happy to speak with other water treatment owners, not about anything other than just giving them advice if they're interested in getting advice, because they're going to have specific questions and specific concerns that I'm not addressing. I can only think from my position. Something that you mentioned, and I've seen this happen to several water treatment companies, is there is somebody that passes away. And in their transition planning, one, they probably didn't plan as best as they could. But that aside, they wanted to be fair to everybody. And they had one or two kids that might have worked in the business. They had some other children that didn't work in the business. And then maybe there's some other family members that they wanted to give a piece of the business. Now the people that understand the business that are now running the business have to serve all of these people that now have a piece of that business. And I know sometimes it works, but a lot of times and the times that I'm thinking of, it just creates so much stress. And normally what happens, it either fails or people are forced to buy other people out. What advice do you have if someone is in transition planning now and they're thinking about that? We've actually had the same thing go on. And my advice would be give them what they want and get them out. Even if you overpay, get them out. You don't want them in. Nothing is going to get better with this situation. They've decided they don't want to be a part of this. You know, make it easy for the transition and get it back so you can have the control. Because otherwise, there's nothing more insulting than somebody telling you how to run your company when you're doing it fairly successfully. And some people are just never going to be happy. And they always think they're going to be able to do more with the money. And we've had that before where 
we had somebody come in and newly came in because of a passing of a family member. And they were asking us to shut down parts of our, the company. And it was like, wow. no, we're not, we're not. <laughs> it, the message that that sends, you know, is just, you know, they're saying, well, this part of the company is not productive. So we need, we should shut this down. So then no, you're no longer national anymore. So then all of a sudden your employees are saying, Hey, what's going on? Something that must not be right because the Garrett's are selling off part of their company or this or that. And, uh, it made sense only in the fact of that it wasn't profitable at the time, but now everything's changed. Now we're back to where we're, you know, better than where we were. And, you know, I hate to say it, but you have to get those people out. You can't let somebody, a new person come in and tell you how to run your business. I mean, you know what you want, uh, you know, uh, have the confidence to know you're making the right decisions. Don't make decisions that harm your employees or harm the people that, that work for you or your shareholders. You know, make good decisions and let the chips fall where they may. Most likely, there's somebody listening to this conversation. They're in our industry. Their parents own the company. And the expectation is, is you will one day take over this company. And they have no desire to do so, but they know it's expected. They don't want to do it. Can they have a conversation with their parents? How would they have a conversation? So we know Matt's going to step up. You just mentioned that. But if he had to have a conversation with you, what should he say? My feeling is don't look at this as a negative. You've got a parent or somebody that has built this company and is proud of this company, would love to have you working for them. It's not your thing. You don't want to do it. That's your choice. But understand also that you've got to do something with it. Don't, don't just throw this away. You know, maybe there's going to have to be some, somehow that you're going to have to get involved and say, look, let me do what I can help. I can't work for the company or I can't do this. And I'm not interested in doing this, but you can be a supportive person in that person's life and you can understand their empathy and sympathy for the company and the people that work for it. Because that is the biggest reason why I keep coming to work every day. I keep doing it. It's because I love the people here and, and I don't want to let them down. I, I want to be here working so they know I'm here and they want to get up and work. I understand that there are a lot of people that don't want to do this with their family. So the conversation, I mean, I was lucky. I didn't have to have that conversation because I wanted to do it. But if it was if it was me, I would probably just try to be as thankful for what they've done, you know, just, you know, go to them and say, let's find somebody, we can find somebody that can do this, you know, and, you know, it is tough. I mean, with, with when people want to keep it in their families and they don't want to give it away to somebody else, but sometimes the business owner is just going to have to make a decision that their kids aren't going to do it. And they're going to have to find somebody in their company to do it. And usually there will be some really great people who will step up and do this stuff. And you got to find them. That's a tough question for me to answer, Trace. I, I just, I've never really had that experience. I would just encourage them to have empathy with their, with their parents or their, the owners of the business and understand the emotional toll that it takes to do something like that, to make a decision to sell the company or to pass it on to somebody else. Well, let's say that somebody else is somebody that is working for that company. 
And they're assuming that the next generation is going to take it over. Maybe they learn that this isn't the case, or maybe they want to offer an alternative. How do they start a conversation like that if they're working for somebody? The thing that I would say is I would say, you don't have any choice in this matter. We're going to do this. Either you're going to do this, you're going to step up, or we're going to, or we're going to put somebody else in this position. The company is more important than the individual. You have so many people that are relying on you and, and expecting you to do the right thing. To have one person make the decision, it's ridiculous. You can't let that happen. You know, who's going to be the beneficiary of, of the stock? Who's going to be the beneficiary of the goodwill and all the stuff that comes from this company when it gets sold? The child, typically, or the, the next person in the generation. So they're going to have to figure out how to work with people, and they're going to have to figure out how to either get involved or let it go. If you don't want to be there, you've got to let it go. You've got to get out and get out of the way. Let the people who are there, who really do care about what's going on at the company, let them manage it. Let them handle it. You don't get to make all those decisions. If this is your decision, great. That's the way you put it. You can either be a part of this or not a part of this. But if you're not a part of this, you're not going to tell us what to do. We're going to make the decision. Inc. Magazine says that 50% of all next generation businesses, so the second generation, fail. And it goes to 90% for third generation businesses. I find that hard to believe. What do you think they're doing? I, I don't know. I think really most of it comes down to taxation. Hmm. You know, you can't hand anything down. I think I've I talked to you a little bit about this before, but, you know, it took us years and years and years to buy the stock that my dad had acquired from my uncle and his stock from my mom after my dad died in 2001. So he died in 2001. We didn't get through reacquiring the stock from my mom until about 2020, you know, I mean, almost 20 years later. My mother did a great job of getting it all out of her estate. And then we had to pay for stock that my dad had just bought from my uncle before he died. It was ridiculous. And the government won't allow you to pass this stuff down because people are cheating the system. I get frustrated at stuff like this because it doesn't seem fair that you're having to buy your stock over and over again. But it's the only way for the government to do it because they've seen so many people cheat the system. So the best thing you can do is, is get your feet under you, get your stock under you, and have the ability to maintain that. We were able to do that. A lot of these companies, the second or third generation, they haven't done that. Main stockholder dies. There's a big tax due bill in you know, 12, 10, 9 months or whatever, 12 months, whatever, and nobody can pay it. And half the people say, well, I got to sell my stock. And the, and the other half can't buy the stock and pay the taxes at the same time. So you, they end up selling the company. It's going to get harder for us with each generation. We're at the fourth. Now we're at the fifth. We did some GSTs and, and those things help get the stock from my mom directly to our kids. But that's only a very small part of it. So there's a whole bunch of stuff they're going to have to acquire from us. It just starts a whole process over again. you know. So. I was just going to say any listeners out there. So that was generational skipping trust, the GST that you mentioned. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So a good tax attorney, that is definitely your friend. 
I would highly advise that my mom did that, you know, get your valuation of your company and try to get it because it's, it's probably never going to be lower than it is today. You know, I, I mean, the quicker you start, the quicker you're going to get it paid. It should be, you know, in all likelihood, the quicker you're going to get it paid off. And, and those are really the things that I think that the next generation scared of. They're scared of these tax bills. They're scared of this other stuff. And it really is daunting to some people. It can be overwhelming. And you can understand why some of these young people don't want to get into this vicious cycle of, of repeating itself. So hopefully, if the company has been well-managed, we were very lucky. I mean, my, my dad and my uncles, they didn't like debt. So they didn't bring on a lot of stuff. We bought our buildings. We're not at the whims of a leasee or a rental agreement. We own our buildings, and it does give us an advantage. And not everybody is fortunate enough to have that. But when you've been in business this long, you better. And those are the things that do help along the way when there is, you know, investments and other things that are able to be used to buy the stock out of your family. Especially if you're, if you're one or two of the kids and the company is millions of dollars and you got to come up with some type of a loan because you can't gift it all. The parents can't gift it all to you anymore. They can only gift a part of it. Well, you're scaring me with all this tax stuff, so we have to shift the conversation. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you're right, though. And, uh, you know, I say that in jest, but I think a lot of people don't do things because they are scary, and then they end up paying an even bigger price because they didn't deal with them when they should. So I think you helped a lot of people today. I think they're going to have some conversations and perhaps find some professionals that can give them some other alternatives, some real answers, so they're not finding things out after they can't change a thing. That's what you really want. We have a CFO here. He runs his own business. He's got a, he's a CPA. He's been doing this for us for 25 years, and he's just, it's such a good Yin Yang to me, you know, I agree, I'll, you know, I'll agree to anything. And he's like, Jeff, you know, let's think about this, you know. I need that balance. And, and, and that's what you have to do. You have to surround yourself by a bunch of people who care. And the people that work for you, they care. They care. They want this to be successful. You know, so you have to remember that. I love that. Well, let's switch over to the topic of growth. A lot of people say that, you know, growth saves everything. You know, we can, if we can grow it, we can, we can make it better. So I hope that's true. I know there's some things that you have to consider as you're growing. I know it's possible to grow yourself out of business, but that aside for now, let's, uh, let's, well, maybe not that aside. So you're talking to a water treatment company now and they're looking at growing. What are some things they need to consider? The first thing that I would say is, where do you want to grow? What are you doing? What kind of markets do we want? Are we going to do industrial? Are we going to do commercial? Let's figure out what we want our ideal customers to be. We personally, we love food business and we love light industrial and those kinds of things. And the people who really want to want their equipment running well, and we, we tend to do best there. Growth is, is going to take money and it means risk. It, it's risk is financial and emotional, you know, stress. So can you digest that stress? You know, can do you have proper training of your employees? I mean, when you send your employees out, are they going to be able to handle the business you want? We've kind of shied a little bit away from commercial businesses because 
there'll be a property company in there for three years, and then there's another property company in there for three years. So uh, there's no real consistency to the program. And we want, you know, those are the kinds of things we're looking for. If you're going to grow, you got to make sure that your existing customers have been taken care of. And there's a plan in place to make sure that they are continued to take care of. Because a lot of times with growth, you're asking your people to go out and push stuff to get sales. And sometimes when they're out doing the sales, they're not servicing, you know? So we've always put a big emphasis on servicing our customers, you know, being there, coming, talking, you know, making contact with, with the chiefs when we go into these businesses and asking questions, you know, are you going to still be able to do all that stuff? Because more than anything, you got to protect your reputation. You've got to make sure that all the good things that you've done in the past continue to happen and are remembered by your customers and known by your prospects. You know, a lot of the business we get now is referrals because we, you know, some chief has moved to some other building and they'll go in there and they'll, they'll give people a chance. And then after a little while, they'll say, you know, I gave these guys six months and we didn't see anything happen. And so now I'm making a change. So. You know, can you cover that stuff? That is probably the most important thing is, can you cover your existing business and grow at the same time? Make sure that everything's in, in place for growth too. Make sure that you have the ability to, to get more raw materials, to get more drums and things like that. And, and, and that's becoming a lot easier. But technically, it's, it's the most important is, is being technically able to talk to people and I think finding out what, what you really want to do. What is your business? Where do you want to be? Do you want to be working at power plants, you know, or, or lumber mills? Or do you want to be, you know, do you want to be in commercial businesses? You know, because there, there's a fit for everybody. You know, some, some of these companies are great at commercial business. You know, they, they're down in the downtown areas and they have little trucks and they move around and they got delivery systems all set up. But that's not a fit for all of us, is it? <laughs> you remind me of a book that we read in the Rising Tide Mastermind by Daryl Amy. It was called The Revenue Growth Engine. And he mentioned almost all the things that you mentioned to make sure you're ready for growth. You can't, you can't start filling a bucket if you've got holes in the bottom. So a great read for people that are thinking about growing, but not just growth for growth's sake, good growth, healthy growth, growth that's going to sustain your company and make it better as you grow it. You have to be careful because there are going to be some customers that are going to suck every bit of energy they can out of you. And you have to be careful to avoid that and make sure that you're taking care of yourself and your people, you know, customer first to a certain point. You know, I mean, there, you know, the customers also need to be fair with, with us as well. And don't expect people to do things that, that aren't a part of what you've agreed to. Pareto's law. So 20% of the customers are taking 80% of our time and probably 20% of our customers are allowing us to have 80% of our revenue as well. It's amazing how that all works out. Somehow it seems to pencil out just, just like you say. Is there ever a time you don't want to grow? We just need to make sure everything's the status quo. Let's sure. Tell us about that. You got to get your feet under you. I mean, there are times where we brought on a lot of business, a lot of new business, and it's time to settle back and to get our people properly ready for all this. You got to bring people on. You got to do all these kinds of things. So be careful not to grow too fast because 
you can develop a reputation that you don't want. Well, I'm curious, what are some things you are looking forward to in the year 2023? Uh, well, uh, we, you know, we're, we, we're, uh, we hit a hundred million last year. So congratulations. Yeah, That's amazing. I think we're going to be around 110 this year. So, and we have a huge amount of, I mean, it's funny that we were just talking about this, this growth thing. We have a huge amount of business that we've put on that we haven't built. I mean, we've just literally gotten it and it's, it's slow approaching business, but it's stuff that's going to hit in 2023. So we're really excited about that. Let me ask you this question, because there are so many people out there that I consider good friends. Uh, you are among that list, and we're competitors. There are people out there that will not talk to a competitor because they're scared of them. They're scared they're going to lose business. And obviously, if we can get past that, there is just a wealth of conversation that we can have. We can help each other. There's so much that can happen. How do we help people get over that? Trace, look at you. I mean, you're you're just a social butterfly. I mean, you're you're a social <laughs> being, and I am too. You know, I love to be out doing stuff. You know, and I love to be with people, and I love to be with people in our industry. Some people just are never going to be like that, and it's a shame because it's to their detriment. You know, it it really is. I mean, you know, you've you've got to embrace this community. You've got to be a part of it. We're all too small. We go to AWT and we're all friends. I think you're really hurting yourself if you're not opening up and talking and sharing because the people in this industry will help you, even if they're your competitors. They will. They want to help. I mean, most people do. And we've got a lot to learn and we've got a lot to share with each other too. I mean, there's so much business out there. There's so much business out there. Concentrate on, on the things that nobody else is concentrating on. Go out there and get your own niche, you know, create your own niche in the market. People have done it very successfully in this industry. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming back on the podcast. I've already asked you my original lightning round question. So you have made it to round two. Are you ready? Well, I, uh, yes, let's, <laughs> let's hear it. <laughs> All right. Everybody's making their wagers now. So place your bets and question number one. What would you say your superpower is? You know, I, I would say for me, I'm not terribly smart. I'm good at talking with people. And I think that my superpower is, you know, is caring about the people that work, work for our family and work for our company. I go to bed every night and I think about my dad <laughs> and I think about my mom. And then I think about what I'm going to do tomorrow. And I think about the company and I think about all these, you know, all the great people that we have working for us. And, and not only that is all our customers, you know, and all our vendors, all our, you know, so I really do care about the people that work for us and I want them to be happy. We've all got to work somewhere. Jeff, if I may, and I've heard this from several people and I've been the recipient of it myself you can have a conversation with somebody and make them feel like they're the only person in the room. You're amazing at that. Well, you are. You're better than I am. <laughs> All right, moving on. Looking back at your career, what would you say your biggest accomplishment has been? I think my biggest accomplishment it was right around 2004, getting our company moved over here after my dad died and working with my brother you know, to grow and maintain a business in a way that I know that makes my mom and dad proud. 
and my family is behind me. So I feel very blessed to have been the one that's been kind of guiding us through the last 20 years or so. And I'm fortunate that we've had a really great group of people who have assisted me. And it's not been me. And it's like you, it's like your company, you know, you have all these great people around you, all these people that send me emails and stuff. And there's a whole group of you that are working there. That's it. I think just working to to grow this business and to do it in a way that I know that, that makes my mom and dad proud. I love that. The world's a mighty big place with a lot of problems. If you had a magic wand, what would you change? It's such a tough question to answer, you know. That's why I ask it. I know. <laughs> I've become a real softy with animals. And, you know, I was listening to this, this, uh, this young man, and he's, you know, Ukrainian, and he's been displaced out of their house, and they're having to make some trek somewhere to get out of their, you know, this village. And he's talking about the night was the coldest night he ever had. And I think about those poor people, and, and then I think about, you know, all the birds and the deer and everything that are out in, you know, in the minus 10 degree snow, you know, with nothing to eat or drink and, you know, and how we all as humans, we, it would really be wonderful if we could have a lot more empathy for, for the people and the things on this earth, you know? So yes, would I like all the litter picked up? Would I like everybody to, to be nice to each other? All that stuff, you know, I mean, but I think what we can do is we can be a little nicer to everybody, a little more understanding about the things that people are going through. The person that cut you off, maybe they're thinking about their mother who has cancer or something, you know, and they're not, you know, they're just not, you know, I mean, you know, not everything's on purpose, you know, so um, have more empathy. I love it. Jeff, is there a Chick-fil-A out near you? Oh, yeah. Not not so, too close, unfortunately. It's like in Sacramento or something, you know. We are blessed. They are officed here and their home office is here in Atlanta. We've had several Chick-fil-A people on the podcast and uh, they've helped us with the Rising Tide Mastermind. But there is a training video that if you haven't seen it, I want you to look on YouTube and it's called Everyone Has a Story. And I just immediately, as you were speaking about more empathy, thought of this training video. And I think it's a great way to put into a video exactly what you just said. I love it. I will check it out. Yeah. And and when you watch this, remember, they're a fast food restaurant and they're, they're training their employees this stuff. They're fantastic. I mean, when I can go buy a Chick-fil-A, I go buy a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final question. We know it's going to happen. When they erect the statue of Jeff Garrett, what is on the plaque? That I tried to leave things better than I found them. Jeff, you left this podcast better than you found it. Thanks so much for coming on again. The Scout Up Nation absolutely loves you. I appreciate you having me. I really do. Thank you, Trace. It's, uh, it's been nice to really get to know you over the last couple of years. Likewise, I'm sure we'll be calling again soon. Hope to talk to you soon. Nation, as I mentioned last week, Jeff and I met from a hang 
And if you want to find out more about the hang, scalinguph2o.com forward slash hang. It's where we get together for a short hour, have fun, meet new people. And that's how I met Jeff. So thank you so much, Jeff, for answering that call to go on the hang. What a great guy. Sure glad that we met. And who will you meet at the next hang? You never know. And it could be somebody that creates another great friendship. ScalingUpH2O.com forward slash hang. So Scaling Nation, in light of that interview, I would like to encourage you to go to your supervisor and let them know what they don't know they need to know about you. And here's what I found, that most supervisors want the best for the people that they supervise. Not a lot of supervisors really know how to go about asking for how they can do that in the best way. So it's my hope all you supervisors out there are treating your team with the availability for them to come to you with this information. So I'm going to say that that is a given. And I want you to meet with your supervisor and let them know what they don't know about you. What's something that they can do that will help motivate you to the next level? What's something that you don't have that you need? And if you had it, it would bring tremendous value to the company you work for. What is something that you want to attend and what value will you bring back if you attend that particular conference? What is a class that you want to take and that will allow you to do something not only for yourself, but also the company? People don't feel all the time that they are being taken care of, but almost all all of the time, the people that feel that way aren't telling the people what they need to do in order to take care of them. Folks, we can bounce around from job to job, but trust me, the job that you are in right now can probably be so much better if you open up communication. And now I'm talking to all sides. If you have a job whether you're in charge of somebody or somebody is in charge of you, having open dialogue allows people to let people know what they expect from each other, to allow people to help each other. And so many times those things go unspoken. And the assumption is, is that the other person knows those things. They're just not doing those things and in an exit interview, a lot of times it said, if I only knew that, I could have fixed that. Well, folks, don't wait for that. Have that open dialogue and make sure that you have the best relationship that you can with everybody within your company. Because let's face it, life is too short not to have that open communication. And when you do that, things just get better because people understand each other. Folks, thank you for joining us on today's episode of Scaling Up 
H2O. And by the way, one more time, if you have not signed up for the Global 6K, if you have not looked into the Global 6K, that is taking place on May 20th, and that is a Saturday. And you can do that from wherever you are. You don't need to go anywhere. You can choose what park you want to do the 6K in. You can choose who you do it with. And you can find out more by going to scalinguph2o.com forward slash 6K. And again, you can either join our team. I would love it for you to be a member of Team Scaling Up. Or if you want to create your own team and do it with your company, what a great way to celebrate not only working for a great company, not only celebrating being a great team, not only celebrating you and your supervisors and all the people working together, it's letting people know that we do have a global water crisis. And if we all come together, if we are all aware of it, we can do something about it. And there's no reason that 2 billion people on this planet do not have readily available clean drinking water. Folks, we can help with that. We are in an industry that knows all about that. So I hope we help each other with that. I also hope that you listen to this podcast next week for a brand new episode. Have a great week, folks. 